0: And songwriter we had the opportunity to talk to charlie houston over zoom video charlie was born and raised in toronto canada where i got totally confused with the fact that that's closer to the east coast and the west coast but we figured it out it's okay charlie talks about that and getting a guitar at age eight from dad who was a Weekend Warrior guitar player, used to do a lot of covers, was always in cover bands. Taught her a few chords, some Neil Young, some Neil Diamond songs. Charlie started writing songs at age 12. Didn't show anyone those songs or even sang in front of anyone until age 17. Charlie's first live performance was at an assembly at schools. Ended up attending Clive Davis Institute in New York at NYU. Was there for a year. Charlie moved back to Toronto. Ended up writing songs with a friend. Got discovered at at a show by someone who wanted to manage the band, which led Charlie to signing with Arts and Crafts Records. Charlie tells us the story of signing with Arts and Crafts during COVID and the brand new EP. You can watch our interview with Charlie Houston on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be rad if you subscribe to us, like us on Facebook And follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Bringing Back Pod.
1: We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: We're Bringing It Backwards with Charlie Houston. Thank you so much for doing this.
1: Yeah, thank you for wanting to do it with me. Of course.
0: So uh, this podcast is all about you, your journey in music, and uh, how you got to where you are now. Cool. So... Very cool. Um, tell me, where were you born and raised?
1: Um, I was born and raised in Toronto, Canada. Okay.
0: So that's West, West Canada.
1: Or it's, East? it's like kind of in the middle, closer to the East. Okay.
0: What's West? I'm thinking British.
1: West is like Vancouver, British
0: Vancouver, Vancouver. Sorry. Okay. I totally screwed that up. I always okay. get so mixed up. I'm from, cause I'm originally from uh, San Diego, which is we, you know, West coast by Los Angeles. So I, could, right. I always forget. I always forget that Vancouver is like literally directly North of me. So uh, you're from okay. Toronto. I didn't
1: even know when I'm literally from here. So.
0: <laughs> here right on. So Toronto, big music town though.
1: Um. Yeah, it, it definitely is an, op- I feel like it's a, I always think of Toronto as like a mini, like lower scale version of like New York or something. Cause there are like a lot of like people like Charlotte day Wilson, Daniel Caesar, like all of those sort of contemporary, like indie R and artists. I feel like Toronto has a lot of those. So sure. you know, it's definitely a, a, like, I'm very happy that I got the opportunity to grow up there.
0: That's amazing. That's amazing. And how, how did you get into music?
1: Um, I mean, I I mean, I always like tell people that I initially got into music through my dad. Um, because he was the the person that sort of like he bought me a guitar when I was like eight or something. Oh wow. Um and like he's really into music. And like when he he grew up in, I don't know if you know Winnipeg, like in Manitoba. Yeah. Um, And he was always in, just like with his buddies from high school, like cover rock bands playing. Sure, the
0: Weekend Warrior stuff.
1: Yeah, (laughs) essentially it was like very hardcore garage band. But um, my dad loves music and like he plays the guitar and stuff just as as a hobby to feel like kind of, he's a lawyer and I feel like he uses it as an escape from his like corporate job. Sure. Um, And so he got, he bought me a guitar and sort of just like taught me super basic, like open chords, a lot of like Neil Young and Neil Diamond was his forte when he was teaching me okay right um and then from there like I sort of just I kind of fell in love with it there but also was sort of like I don't know I was super young at the time so I didn't really like think anything of it but then I ended up like taking actual guitar lessons with a teacher um at like a music store near my house and then from there just sort of like naturally I was really drawn to it and then I started songwriting uh, when I was really young. Actually, it's super weird. Like I never was really into like covering songs. I was I've always this just, before. Like, more like into the idea of the fact that I could make my own songs.
0: Uh huh.
1: Um, and so I always sort of like, I have obviously covered songs as everyone does, but like, right. I, I spent majority of my time like in music, making my own stuff. And then in high school, like grade 10 or 11, I sort of, Uh, started becoming friends with a few people um, that were really into music production Mm -hmm. and so like I had no idea what production was like prior to that time and I feel like that's a thing that at least like when I talk to my friends like don't do music about production they're sort of like well like what even what is production (laughs) right very like it's something that unless you've like been in a studio session you don't really understand like what it is Yeah. There's such an
0: art to it. Like, I mean, compression of this and EQ in this and, you know,
1: and like all of the different tweaks can make something sound so different. Sure. Um, And so I was like totally amazed by, by music production and that definitely was like a huge contributor to me being like, yeah, I definitely think that I want to do this. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I sort of started just like experimenting with production in my bedroom with like logic pro kind of teaching myself and then from there, I ended up applying to. Um, do you know the Clive Davis Institute at NYU? I,
0: I do know that you got in there.
1: Yeah. So I wow, went. Wow. That's
0: incredible. Well, let's can we rewind a bit until we get to that point? Because that sounds Absolutely, fascinating. Yeah. I'm still curious. Okay. So your dad got you this guitar at age eight. At age eight?
1: Yeah, I, okay. I honestly don't remember. And- but
0: no, no, like you didn't say, hey, dad, I really want to learn guitar. It was just, just something that he kind of was like, you know what? Maybe, maybe Charlie would would, would enjoy playing the guitar.
1: I th- honestly, I'm not sure because okay. sometimes I like in my old house, like before the house that I'm living in, well, I don't live there right now, but like my parents house right now. Sure. The house that we lived in before that, when I was in like junior and senior kindergarten, we had a neighbor who would always like sit, our driveways were like connected.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And so he would always like sit on this like um, sort of like part of the driveway that like sat, was a chair, he sat on a chair
0: uh-huh. um,
1: and would play <laughs> the guitar outside. And I would always go and just like sit next to him and like watch him. And then I remember one time he gave it to me and in my head, I was like, I'm going to be so good at this. And I literally just like whacked at it and thought I was making a song. Um, and so I don't know if that, if my dad like saw that or- yeah, that's... I don't know what it was. I I didn't ask him though. So,
0: but still, I mean, you were obviously interested. It wasn't like he because he was a he was a weekend warrior guitar player that he just kind of threw it on you and was like, you know, what? you're gonna play this and yeah, you know. I know,
1: it was never it was never like a forcing type thing because I feel like if anything, at least a lot of because my parents are like decently traditional, uh-huh. and so I feel like a lot of traditional parents would aim to like make their kids not go into music
0: or like <laughs> sure especially with a lawyer father Exactly. It like really
1: doesn't and like i am i'm the youngest of four siblings
0: okay um
1: and so none of them got into music so i feel like maybe that's why my dad was like let's just try it with the with the youngest like see uh-huh. if it works
0: our last um, shot yeah. <laughs>
1: but all of my siblings are in like super academic fields
0: interesting and you went to the clive davis institute
1: (laughs) well i did i ended up leaving i didn't i only went there for half a semester
0: okay we'll get that point that's a fascinating story but it's um you're not the first artist that has talked to me about not wanting to learn other songs first was it just because some people say you know i I, you know i like john mayer but i didn't think that i could ever play guitar like john mayer so it wasn't even worth trying but it sounds like you were just creative enough to wanting to want to start writing your own songs right away.
1: Maybe. I mean, I, it definitely wasn't like, Oh, I'm, I'm not good enough to play songs. Right. Like, I feel like a lot of the time, I don't know what it was. Maybe it was like, cause my dad, I remember him teaching me like super basic, like open chord kind of. Yeah. You said Neil
0: Young and like, yeah, Neil Diamond and stuff.
1: And then I feel like once I sort of had a grasp on like the gist of like enough chords that I could like rearrange them and then make uh-huh. my own thing, it just sort of like clicked. I just like wanted to, I don't know why I just wanted to do
0: it. <laughs> so how old are you when you started writing songs?
1: Um, I mean, starting writing songs, probably like 12 or 13. Okay. But they were very much just like, and I didn't sing in front of like, anyone including my my parents and like siblings or friends until honestly I was like like 16 or 17
0: really yeah so no, you I just was played not, well it's just in your room you didn't know open mics no talent no bands nothing like that until 17
1: yeah no I I was very not confident I feel like as a kid mm-hmm. well it's weird because like when I was younger like, younger, younger, like, before the eight, before, like, being a preteen, I feel like I was almost overconfident to the point where I was, like, quite obnoxious, (laughs) as a lot of, like, young kids are, and, like, I was very much kind of, like, meddling in my siblings' lives and just, like, wanted, I was, like, an attention seeker, 100%, but then, Mm -hmm. I don't know, I feel like it's really common, especially, like, nowadays for kids to, like, once you get to, like, grade seven and eight, your confidence just, at least mine, like, went to shit,
0: Really? Yeah. I I would think it would maybe it would even be the opposite. Like, oh, like I can, especially now with like technology and TikTok and like they see, you know, these kids that are super young getting millions upon millions of followers yeah. and likes and just doing s- stupid videos that mm-hmm. maybe it would be a sense of like, I can, I can do that. But that's interesting that you, you think that it, Went down. I, I can't I'm too old to remember what yeah. my <laughs> what, what my like psyche was in seventh, eighth grade, but that's that's fascinating to me. So you feel like you lost the confidence when you were of the age of when you're playing when you really started writing songs and playing guitar.
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel like it was just like I I feel like it was also just from having older siblings, not to say like, that's why I lost confidence, but I feel like for my whole life, I've like felt that I need to be older than I am.
0: Uh, Ah, because you're associated, your peers, so to speak, where your older siblings are probably their friends. And so you were Mm -hmm. absorbed in this older.
1: Exactly. And so
0: lifestyle, so to speak.
1: Yeah. I don't really know. (laughs)
0: <laughs> as we break your whole life down here so.
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> i promise i'm not like some sort of therapist <laughs>
1: psychoanalyzing you
0: yeah i'm like <laughs> so but um okay so what would you remember what was on the same uh trend but are do you remember a moment or like what made you decide hey i'm gonna start showing people these these songs that I'm
1: writing um i think the I'm trying to remember the first time I ever played an original song for someone because I can remember like in my high school had um, like school assemblies every morning mm-hmm. and as like the students would walk into the assembly they would have students playing like like it could be a the school band or like a kid playing the piano or like I eventually was like because I had a friend in high school who was also sort of or like that went to my school that um, liked music and so we sort of like started hanging out and doing music together and then we covered a song. Like we both played the guitar and then I sang and that was the first time I'd like sang in front of wow. like anyone, any one of my friends essentially, but uh-huh. it wasn't like my own song, it was a cover.
0: Cover, and that was just you and a friend and then you took that to what, like a talent show? Is that what you said?
1: No, well, it was it was like my in a school assembly essentially.
0: Oh, okay, so wow, okay. Did, but you you must have practiced the song together
1: yeah i mean a few times
0: but would you remember what song it was
1: um i think it was ho hey by the lumineers it was okay. some like folk song i'm pretty sure <laughs> that's what it was okay
0: that's cool and then do what but it was just like you know what i'm gonna go for it and and talk about like uh like going from being your, like you were saying, you're, you know, insecure and now you're performing not only to people, but every peer you're attending school with, I could totally judge you moments later. Now, I don't that's really a, know
1: what my thought process was. That's like, amazing. I was shitting myself. Like my hands were so sweaty. It was a terror. It was not good. Like my voice. <laughs> I bet it wasn't that was bad. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. And like, in terms of, I'm really trying to remember the first time I ever played an original song for anyone because I, I mean, the thing I was about to say is like kind of related to the NYU thing. So I don't know if.
0: No, no, we're, this is all about you. I was just going back to figure out kind of how you got there.
1: Um, well, after I left, because I only, I went to NYU for like half of my first semester. So uh-huh. I started there in 2018 and then left like in December of 2018 um, And then when I moved back to Toronto, I started doing music with one of the friends that I was like in, like doing music production with when I was in high school. Uh-huh. Um, and so him and I were both essentially on like a gap year, and so we like were the our only friends of each other's that like weren't. We were the only people that we really knew in Toronto at the time, and so we were just like, let's make music together. Like we don't really know what we're doing with our lives, so let's right. just like, hang out. <laughs> um, and so him and I started like writing and producing together. And then we ended up playing like live shows in Toronto, just like at really small music venues. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm pretty sure that's the first time that like I ever played original music for
0: for some other people. For other people. How well? How did you get into the Clyde Davis Institute? That must have been a pretty difficult, uh, like you know, interview process or audition process. Like, and what did you go in as a, a singer?
1: Um, I applied for. Well, you like, it's sort of like a general application and then you like specify if you like want to do like performance, business or production. I'm pretty sure those were the three.
0: Okay. I'm like, not, I'm not, there's that one. And then Berkeley, like there's a few. So I'm always confused. I'm not confused. Yeah. But like there's different processes, obviously per uh, what, what, what school you, you choose. But, um, yeah. so, so you, but you got in, right. I mean, did you have to send a yeah. demo or something like, how do they know you can actually perform? <laughs>
1: um i just told them and they were like yeah i believe you no um yeah basically i mean i didn't like NYU or clive was the only school in the states and the only music program that i applied to interesting. um because i actually did like do you know the summer five-week program at berkeley yes so i, I did that okay
0: because um, a lot of people do that and then that's kind of like they're in to getting into the school right
1: yeah but i didn't okay. want to go to berkeley though i was there interesting I, it is a really cool school, but it definitely has more of, like, a not a traditional approach to music, but, like, they have more contemporary um, classes and stuff, but it's very much, like, let's learn the theory and then go from there, which, like, honestly is probably the smarter thing to do. But I was like, fuck that. I hate theory. I don't want to do it. Right. Because, um, like, yeah. I already just, like, was doing everything by ear and, like, what sounded good uh-huh. to me. So I was like, No.
0: It's funny you say that. Um, I for, I interviewed somebody a few days ago um, that t- went to Berkeley for one year, and mm-hmm. it was the same thing. It was like not not to you know smash on Berkeley by any means, but like mm-hmm. he was saying, he he went in, and music production wasn't. I don't, I think you can actually major in it now there. I, yeah, I, you can. I, okay, so he he was a maybe this was a few years ago, but um, he's like I, I you know all I want to do is learn. How uh, to produce music, and he could just go right on YouTube and figure it out. He's like, I learned it yeah. quicker on YouTube than sitting through this class where I'm like, okay, I already learned that 15 minutes ago on YouTube. <laughs> like
1: yeah. it's also super weird because, like, when I did the five-week program, which was like three years ago, I think, there was uh-huh. like an electronic production course that I took. Uh-huh. But it was super weird because the dude that and like not just that he didn't know what he was talking about, but the dude that was teaching it was like this old guy who was like older than the technology that we were using <laughs> right. so it was weird because I was like I don't I don't know it was right agreeing with you like not to shit on Berkeley it's an amazing school but right um you know I ended up applying to the Clive Davis Institute honestly just I don't even know why I did it I was like I heard about it at Berkeley and I was like that sounds like the perfect program for me because like the way it's described which like I think is true to what it is is basically like a combination of um learning about production and like the music industry as like a business Mm -hmm. sort of thing which i was really interested in because obviously like at the time and right now like my main focus definitely is like wanting to make my own music and kind of be an artist but at the same time i'm also super interested in the business side and like just navigating that and
0: you kind of have to be now right
1: using yeah,
0: because it's like you can get a bunch of plays and then artists like if you had never put a song, on, you put a song up and it goes and we'll get to your story, but it gets like a huge response. Now, and record labels and other people are coming at you like, hey, like uh, and then you, you kind of have to figure it out. Right. Mm-hmm. In a very quick moment. Yeah. So you so you're going to. To, to clive davis institute was it how what was it like living in uh new york versus like moving to toronto Was that a pretty big culture shock
1: um yeah i mean i when i got in to clive davis because i like didn't really my parents knew that i was applying and like my friends knew but i mentioned it like one time i was just like oh yeah i'm gonna do this like <laughs> i'll let you know if anything happens and they're like okay oh, whatever like right. apply to these canadian schools for like law and let's you know yeah, be real.
0: You're gonna be a lawyer like like yeah. dad. <laughs> um,
1: but I like I remember sitting on my kitchen floor and I was making cookies, chocolate chip cookies, and I I was gonna it. ask
0: what type chocolate chip, good yeah. solid choice.
1: I like remember this moment so vividly because I literally looked at my computer and was like, I was also at home by myself. There was not a single person at home besides my dog.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And so I like had gotten an email from NYU being like your application process has been updated or whatever. And I was like, Oh shit. Yeah. Like, uh... Um, but I wasn't even nervous. Cause I like hadn't, I wasn't planning. I don't know. I just like hadn't thought about it since I did the application and it said that I got in and I literally was like, just sitting on the floor in my kitchen in front of my oven, like waiting for my cookies. And there was like no one at home. And I didn't know what to do. <laughs> did you um, yell or
0: did you scream in your kitchen?
1: No, I was just like, this is super underwhelming because I'm on myself (laughs) right now and I don't really know what um, How to
0: to respond? How to react? And I remember when
1: I told my parents, I was like expecting them to be like, oh my god, like good job like this is something that like maybe you could actually do like we're so proud of you, but my parents were literally like, this is going to be fucking expensive, eh? (laughs) And I was like Uh, That's their
0: response Fair enough Oh my Um, So Okay. But, but you but they let you go?
1: Yeah, no, they I did end up going because they were like I don't know. Yeah, I feel like for them, not to say that like they're definitely a lot better now with like me pursuing music and stuff and I feel like they're kind of wrapping their heads around like maybe I could do it in some aspect. Uh-huh. Um, but I feel like getting into like a, a reputable institution was kind of like a seal of approval for them being like, okay, like this is right.
0: This is like a it. validation moment for him. Yeah. Like, okay, um, she's actually, yeah. Charlie's got something here. We're, yeah. we're okay with it. Okay.
1: Yeah. So they let me go. Um, but I came right back like five months later.
0: <laughs> was there a reason behind that or you just felt, you tell me, was there a reason um, behind it?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it was, it was sort of a multitude of, reasons um essentially though like my my second week in new york i think it was my second week i did a edible like weed cookie okay and like i don't really or i hadn't really, i'd smoked weed before but like not really and i was trying to fit in and like be a oh, cool new york sure kid, whatever um but so I split this cookie with like this guy in my class that I just met, like did not know him uh-huh. and terrible decision. Um, my brain literally imploded in on itself in like the it was I essentially had like the most intense like anxiety, panic attack, panic like,
0: attack, sure, I'd had ever
1: had. Um, and like i had never i had had like a normal amount of anxiety throughout my life, like worrying about. School or like standard you know teenager worries but this just like completely
0: oh yeah i know i know what you're talking about yeah you just it's like a yeah you just trip out right i mean your brain just goes and you you think you're gonna die and like i've I've had that experience
1: i called every single member of my family telling them what happened being like i think that i just wrecked the one brain that i have like i'm not I'm not going to be like me again was essentially my, that was like where I was at. And I felt that way for like a full month.
0: Really? So it continued on. Like it wasn't just like.
1: It wasn't, I wasn't high anymore, but like the anxiety did never left.
0: Interesting. So it almost like, like triggered something in your brain that actually continued the anxiety attack. That's wow.
1: Yeah. Um, And so that happened and i was like not okay obviously of course yeah and i was trying to like stay focused on my classes and stuff and like you know continue like making friends and and doing all that stuff but i just got to the point where i was like i really can't be here right, right. now um like i i have i had made friends and stuff but like it wasn't i had nothing to ground myself to and like when I get anxious now, like the thing that calms me down is like literally like being aware of like where I am. And since uh-huh. I was in a place that I like didn't know, it was right. like, Even- it, I couldn't grasp it at all.
0: There's um, no comfort there. You didn't have anyone yeah. like nothing that you, yeah, knew there's nothing soothing. Mm. It's just a bunch of places you've never been and people you probably don't know very well.
1: Yeah, exactly. And to make it worse, like I didn't really open up to my parents about it. For well, I had I told them about the, they knew about about what was happening, but I was sort of just trying to like push it off, mm-hmm. and like kind of deal with it myself for a bit, which was really bad because I just I ended up like, drink like going out and like partying,
0: partying, yeah. Because
1: like drinking made it it like made me not think about it if that makes sense. Because it no was, like, totally it's like
0: a numbing factor um, where like now you're not thinking about
1: exactly the fact
0: that you have somehow unlock this anxiety in your brain due to this one cookie you ate. like that's just wow yeah.
1: and so that made it worse um and so then I, I just got to the point I think it was like late November when I was on the phone with my mom and I was like I really don't think like if I actually want to like figure this out and like get hopefully get better i like need to come back home mm-hmm. um and like figure it out there like in my my family home like with my parents and stuff sure um and so i ended up leaving in december
0: okay so you move back move back to <laughs> toronto you start working on songs with with your friend that who who, who happened to be the only well, you said the only other real yeah. musicians in, in town yeah. So tell me about gaining the 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 attention or grabbing the attention of arts and crafts. I mean that that record label, you're you're on that label who has so many amazing artists. Mm. And that must have been big. And was that due to you know releasing like like calls? Like these songs, Calls and Things came out this year, mm. right? So where were you when like the world shut down for COVID? Were you back in Toronto? And and how did you grab the attention of of the record label and tell me about the getting signed process
1: um yeah so basically after i came back from new york and i started working with my friend and like writing music with him and we played like a few shows in toronto this was like the summer of 2019 Mm -hmm. um it's like before covid summer him and i were playing a show and there was a girl at one of our shows who like approached us after the show being like i want to manage you guys and like she had no experience with managing but like we were essentially it's like a very attractive thing for someone to like come up to you when you're like a young kid doing music and being like I want to manage you like it sounds really cool especially if you like don't really right like there's
0: they're, they're they're giving you some and more another validating moment exactly like, hey, I got in this and now somebody wants to, to manage my band like that's pretty that's really cool
1: yeah um so we sort of started like talking and working with her and she connected us honestly I think just like she did, kind of general like googling producers in Toronto, um, and she found Chris Young, who's like my producer now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my friend and I started working with Chris sort of that summer. Um, but then, like my friend Rupert, he goes to Berkeley now, actually, and so he was going back to school in Boston. Okay. Um, and I was staying in Toronto because I I go to school. Um, at a school called Queens which is like two hours north of Toronto in a town called Kingston Mm -hmm. Um, and so Chris and I just like got along super well from like the first time we met and so him and I decided that we wanted to continue working together Mm -hmm. Um, and so we started just recording different songs like I had written and and sort of co-writing a little bit basically all of last year so like my first year of university in Canada um, and I was still like working with this girl who was managing us a little bit, um, but it was a pretty like fluid relationship. And then she had ended up sending some of my demos, which essentially the demos were my EP that that is coming out in mm-hmm. a week or something, I think. Um,
0: <laughs> I think <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So,
1: um, <laughs> Yeah, she knew an A&R at at Arts and Crafts. And so she sent the songs to that A&R. And then just by unfortunate chance, that girl and I stopped working together, like kind of at the same time as my songs got sent to Arts and Crafts. Mm -hmm. And so I just didn't really think anything of it. I was like, I don't even know the contact that the music was sent to. Like, I'm just going to figure something else out, release it independently. I don't know. But then like a week later I got a DM on Instagram from Lori Lee who's my a A&R and at Arts and Crafts and she was like I love your songs like can we set up a meeting to talk and then that wow. was like last spring was like my first call with Arts and Crafts and then I signed a deal with them in August Like, last August.
0: August. In the the thick of COVID, you sign a record contract. That's huge.
1: I I have only met one person from, like, the team of arts and crafts that I work (laughs) with. And I've met her, like, twice. Wow. So, it's super weird. But.
0: What about writing the EP? Like, do they have, are they, I mean, obviously, you've released a couple songs. You have it coming out. Is it, like, all done virtually? Like, tell me about, I mean, all of the things.
1: The EP was finished before I signed with Arts and Crafts. Oh, and they just
0: adopted it. They were like, yeah. this, is, this rocks, let's do it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Wow, like all amazing. Of, all of them things had, were finished when I first had like my first call with Arts and Crafts.
0: Wow, that's fascinating. And like, well, now that, I don't know how locked down you guys still are in Toronto, but they're starting, fingers crossed, and knock on wood or whatever, uh, to open up a little bit of, Of uh, the shows, as far as they're going to put on a couple festivals. I mean, Outside Lands in San Francisco. I keep saying Bonnaroo in Tennessee. There's uh, Ride Fest in Chicago. Like these festivals are being booked. Like, are you excited Mm -hmm. to? I'm sure they'll put you out on the road. They've got some huge artists on their label. Mm -hmm. And are you drinking Urban mate? Because I want to just say I am am too. But mine is not as not
1: the.
0: You have the good one. This is like the cheap dollar store brand. This
1: one.
0: Yeah, that's the good one. Oh. mine's this other one. This one has like, this is not product placement. I promise you. <laughs> yeah, this was like at the dollar general <laughs> and it has Stevia in it instead of just like cane sugar. So it doesn't taste nearly as good as the one that you have. But anyway, Interesting. I love that one ever yeah. mate is my jam i it's I'm very a huge, good. huge fan sorry back to you <laughs> <Yeah>. um <laughs> do you have like are you excited to to tour and you know may, possibly get on the road i have you ever done that before it doesn't sound like it
1: um yeah no i've never really done like a i mean i've played live shows like the ones i was talking about right in, in toronto but those were like the smallest scale you can get they're like just live music bars in sure. toronto and stuff but Honestly, that's some of the most fun I've ever had is doing those shows. And so um, playing live is absolutely something that I've like very much want to do. Um, And you know, Arts and Crafts and I have sort of been talking about it. Um, We've had a few conversations with different booking agents um, Mm -hmm. and stuff, which is really exciting. In terms of COVID, I don't know, like Canada and Toronto specifically right now is not doing very well um we're in like a full-blown lockdown at the moment
0: oh my i didn't realize <laughs> yeah.
1: that which sucks but i don't know it's weird to like juxtapose like the canada or not canada but like ontario's covid environment right now with like uh-huh. the conversations with booking agents that i've had that are talking about like international stuff and and also yeah my sister also just moved to la and like she her and her boyfriend both got vaccinated and they're going out right. there and going to the beach and I'm like, I haven't left my room in months. Like
0: what? Wow. So you guys are like fully still stuck inside. I yeah. Mean, California is like the last of, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, of the, the, the states to really kind of loosen up yeah. too. So that's, you guys must be under like some pretty serious lockdown. That's, that's unfortunate.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it definitely sucks. But I mean, I, there's nothing
0: yeah, what are you going to do? Can be done about it. Right, so. right. Well, what about live stream stuff? Are you doing any of that? Like, how are you getting the songs out there? I did see you've had it like, you know, Zane Lowe like premiered one of your songs, mm-hmm. right? That's huge. Yeah. And then you you, you have Spotify. And are you, are you playing the songs on Instagram, like Facebook, TikTok, any of that stuff? Or just kind of yeah. letting them stream for now?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've done a few... Like, I have a few acoustic TikToks of me playing some of the songs on the, the EP. I feel like right now, like, the main focus has essentially been just, like, gearing up to release the EP, and then mm-hmm. after all the songs are out, sort of figured out what we want to do in terms of, like, fan activation and, sure. and stuff like that, so um, I have no idea right now, <laughs> yeah, but course. some I want to do something, mm-hmm. obviously, so yeah. Awesome.
0: Well, I cannot wait. Uh, I really love the two songs that you have out currently. They're amazing. And I really like the acoustic version
1: oh, really? things.
0: I'm such a sucker for acoustic music. I, I think it's just, it's, you know, a song's good. Obviously. They say, you know, a song's great if you can just play it on like a piano mm-hmm. or guitar and sing along. So yeah. yeah, I think it's a great version. So Thank actually, you. yeah. And I, thanks for chatting with me today. I appreciate yeah.
1: it. Of course. Thank you. I mean, I already said this, but thank you for wanting to chat with me. Oh, I
0: definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I have one more question before I let you go. Okay. Do you have any advice for aspiring artists?
1: Um, I feel like I am not in the right position to give advice because like, I am still very much, I feel like, and I feel like I don't know enough to like I would feel disingenuous like telling someone else. What, well, what have you learned
0: along the way? I mean, you've went to Clive Davis, you you got signed to a record label. I mean, there must have been something you found in, in um, there beneficial.
1: Okay. Go with your gut.